Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glyn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello and welcome to another edition of He Shoots, He Draws. They come around so quick. And tonight we've got someone, I, I don't even feel I have to introduce royalty because everybody knows <laughs> who some people are in the industry. But we are very fortunate to have the wonderful Katrine Eisman join us tonight. Um, thank, Katrine, thank you for, for taking time out, because I know it's, uh, it's a busy time for everyone at the moment, trying to work from home and get everything going and not being around people. So firstly, how are you and, and how have you been? Well, thank you for having me. And sometimes not being around people has its advantages for example, yeah. <laughs> I find out the best thing about working from home is we can have garlic at lunch and you don't offend anyone. <laughs> oh, that's a good enough reason. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And I'm one of those weird non-garlic people. So. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to go. That's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> can't eat garlic. Do you know, I, can't, I can eat garlic. I don't like it. And I can't drink wine. I'm the most uncultured person. I don't ever meet out for a, for a dinner party. No, I mean it's it's. I think we we're living in unique times, and I think everybody is sort of trying to you know do their best, figure it out, not slip into depression because that would be very mm -hmm. easy. And um, you know we have no choice but to do it day by day because we have no idea how long we're going to be here. No. And, yeah. and and that's the weird thing is I think initially, from a from a creative point, you know, as photographers and designers, the photographers rely on going out. Designers can stay indoors all day, so I think we're finding out a lot about ourselves as creatives by the restrictions upon us. In that, well, what else can we do? You know, what else should we learn? How should we use this time? Because it could be three months, six months, twelve months. You know, we've we've pretty much written off this year because if we plan for that way, we can kind of plan to work out what we what we can do going forward. So how obviously you working from home and you're now with Adobe. How's it been since the lockdown? Because I've seen, you know, so much content coming out of Adobe at the moment. It's just, you know, people can't really not learn. Right. Well, so a little background for some listeners, um, at the age of 62, when most people are planning retirement, I'm like, I want a new career. I want to change my career. <laughs> and in all honesty, um, I started with Photoshop when it was still in beta. That would be over 30 years ago. And since that day, 30 years ago, I had wanted to work for Adobe. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so so it, it only took me 30 years. So don't give up hope. Youngsters. No, I, <laughs> I'd agree with that. Um, and so I had, um, from the start, I was always going to be working from home. I mean, my husband and I, we have a beautiful house here up on uh, Lake Huron in Michigan, and it was always the plan to work from home. Um, now everybody at, at Adobe is working from home, and there, a few things have really surprised me. Um, well, first of all, I like seeing everybody's living rooms. That's great. <laughs> And, you know, and um, I have one colleague, she really likes decorating for the holidays. It's like, wow. But um, the in terms of people working and you see it, the productivity, I mean, it's literally, we're working from home, but we are shipping software. I mean, it's, yeah. it's astounding. And you have to think about it. The offices were closed really quickly. 
So it's not like, let's take all the testing equipment and all everything we need. I mean, you know, obviously there's a transition and people are adjusting and there's a lot of flexibility in people's schedules because, I mean, I don't have any young children, but, you know, now people are their parents, their employees and their teachers, you know, and that's that's a lot to juggle. So um, the thing with Adobe is it's incredibly supportive that, yes, this is a transition for everybody. And so I think uh, I'm very impressed by how dedicated people are. I mean, I mean, personally, I'm like, oh, this is so silly. Every morning I like check my calendar and I tell my husband, we will have lunch at one o'clock, you know, because <laughs> it's and then like I, I'm going to the office now. And you sort of have to do that or else I'd probably still be in my pajamas. <laughs> yeah, I'd get that. I think when when you when you have worked from home and you kind of get that routine going because the first time you get to work from home god the first two weeks you're you just like i, I better get dressed i guess i'd better stop watching tv it is four o'clock i'd better i better <laughs> cram eight hours into one <laughs> but you need to get into that habit and that's that's the thing about working from home is you are surrounded by distraction anyway but seeing like people working from home looking at the zoom calls like you know we, we were talking i was interviewing an, uh, a designer and we were talking about the brands that are going to come out of this time as winners and you got like everyone says zoom now we used to say skype and mm-hmm. now it's oh we'll have a zoom we'll have a zoom we'll have a zoom it's funny how people are adapting using new bits of software finding you know you still get the people who get somehow get a camera looking straight up their nostril and yeah, you're thinking just come on, eye to eye. No, no, you never have a conversation unless you're talking to a 10-year-old. That's the only time you, you need to see that view up someone's nostril. But um, yet the content from Adobe, uh, I've been watching Behance Live and seeing the blog content. I mean, I, I can see that everybody's obviously been assigned with certain tasks to push content out. How does your role fit in around adobe's requirements at the moment right well i was uh brought onto adobe there's a in lightroom there's in-app learning and inspirational content now this is lightroom on your your phone your tablet your desktop and it was just starting to be developed when i started adobe and i was brought in to, you know find the talent work with the talent edit etc and now every six hours we release a new tutorial and um, wow, and wow. the discovery the discovery files, which are the inspirational edits, it's one every three hours. So I schedule that all every Monday morning, and it, it's been really exciting. So when I started this this job, they're like, "Oh, you're going to edit Lightroom tutorials," and I'm like, "I know Lightroom. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Within a week, it had changed how I edit my images." I'm just really? like, oh, yeah. I'm just like, oh, you all, because I learn from how other people are doing it. Like, uh, I'm sure a, a friend of everybody's because of uh, Photoshop world, Randy Van Dunen, he taught yes. me. He uses clarity first. I'm like, what? I always <laughs> use clarity at the end. And he explained, well, it, you know, it, ex- it changes your exposure. So I tried. I'm like, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> but at least I am old enough to admit it. But it was like, then that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, you, you always do things the same over and over and over again. You're comfortable, you know, and you do it. 
and it's so that's been a great opportunity to learn how to do new things yeah because um, that whole saying about uh, we only use 10 percent of our brain yeah. i think the same goes for photoshop lightroom illustrator indesign we we only use the percentage that we need to get th- to like to kind of jump the hurdles that we need to to get the job done and it's not until you sit down with someone and they go you know i'm sure alan edits differently to get a different result because his photography is different but when you sit down and they just show you that one thing and it's just completely changed your workflow it i think you have to learn part of the education process is to learn to be open to suggestion from other people to to try different techniques because you will get those who are stuck in their ways no i always do it like this and i you know i always get the same results well, I heard this, learned this very good saying from uh, Andrew Rodney, and he was like, "There's the right way and the best way," and I'm like, "Ah, uh-huh. yep." And that's what we all have to figure out. We have to figure out what the best is for us versus listening to, yeah, I don't know, whoever is up there in the software heaven, you know. And it's just right. You have to sort of figure this stuff out. And there's lots of great resources now to do that, which is good. Absolutely. And also, so, you know, look at software. We were talking about this at work today, um, about kind of the evolution of software, that if you looked at it as, as a curve, you know, it was, we were just saying off air about we got an update to the Adobe software every 18 months. And, you know, it was hard. You know, here's a disk. Here's what you're going to get. Wait 18 months for the next one. Next one. The, cur- the learning curve was kind of very steady and going up and now we're kind of like straight up mm-hmm. in the air because you said there's releases coming out where people are saying i need this solution i need that solution i want it to do this and now when you see what's in the software it's kind of do you, do you think because i i never speak badly of adobe because i think they've given us a living how much of um what you see in photography do you think is influenced by the software rather than the person if that makes sense because we see it in illustrator with design is kind of people are led by what the software is making them do rather than them experimenting and finding out what it can do well that's a, you could you i think you could say that about a lot of tools and yeah. a, and part of being an artist or a photographer is you know, you need to spend time with your tools. I mean, Alan knows this. It's dark in a concert hall. He can't figure out what the where the aperture button is, <laughs> you know, or something. You know, he's got to know his camera, like, with his eyes closed. And so, and if you don't, oh, boy, you're uncomfortable. The model knows it, et cetera. And so, um, of course, the tools, they help. They can determine the look and a style, right? But you have to learn how to you know, use that in your own voice. And I think that's, you see that when people overdo it. I mean, thank the Lord we're done with black velvet HDR photography. (laughs) Well, I I think every time there's a new product or a new update or a new plugin, and I used to see this a lot back in the plugin wars, you know, where there was, you know, competing software, someone would come up with a look, and then you would see it applied to everything. It didn't matter if it made sense or not. but suddenly everything was HDR or that, you know, the black velvet painting HDR or yeah. suddenly it was, um, oh, everything has to look like it was printed in the 1930s in a, in a dark room with, you know, deckled edges. And it's like, yep. we're not printing anything, you know. Um, I think now people have started kind of 
calming down a little bit because the software is updating all the time and people are learning the tools that they need and use. And when a new one comes along, you're like, okay, I can see how I can use that in what I'm doing as opposed to, oh my God, it's like a big mallet. I just have to hit every image with it, you know, yep. over and over and over again. <laughs> right. Um, Sorry. I'm, sorry, I'm just finding it really curious in this time where I'm now sitting at home and I'm not creating new images because there are no concerts, there are no events. I'm going through a lot of my older ones, especially from like 10 years ago, and there's a lot of cringeworthy stuff there, but there's also like, oh, you know what? They've made tools that I can now fix this. I can repair this in a way that I couldn't do it 10 years ago. You know, right. I have clarity sliders. I have, I can recover things that I never could have pulled out of those files, you know, in Photoshop or whatever, you know, whatever I was using way back when. So I'm, you know, that's, uh, I think, a real part of what's going on nowadays is that people are starting to calm down a little bit and just using the tools they need because they're getting them updated really fast. Yeah, we had, um, we had a conversation with, with one of our customers that was sort of saying, oh, your tool needs to do this. I, I, know, it, I know it does this, but it needs to do this. And we were like, a bit like with Lightroom, you never even used to be able to get to here and you're worrying about this last 10%. And and I remember showing my father-in-law Lightroom for the first time and he was an avid photographer all his life and he just used to go out and love taking pictures everywhere and he'd come back and he'd be, oh, I forgot to do this on my camera and all my photographs are too dark. And he took one at this church, uh, church garden uh, at the front of a church, and it was just dark. All he could see was the sky and the silhouette of trees and a bit of church. He said, it's a shame because this was really nice. So we downloaded Lightroom onto my laptop, and I put his, copied his photograph into there, and I started to show him the sliders. And we brought all the detail back into that photograph. And to him, it was wizardry. It, but what was what was funny is you show someone that for the first time and then they say something like oh i thought that i thought this you know her dress could be a bit bluer than that <laughs> and it's just i just brought your photograph back to life yeah yeah totally. so it's like the, the the speed of of advancement makes me laugh it's just that you know you five years ago you didn't have this much control 10 years you didn't have this much control whereas now you can you can still be a bad photographer, but I think you can be uh, not a great photographer, but you can repair your images better rather than lose a bunch. And I think that's the nice thing, particularly for someone like me, who's an awful photographer. Or No, I'm an awful camera operator, is at least I know the software can repair some of my duff shots. Whereas 10, 15 years ago, when it all had to go to the local pharmacy and be printed onto paper and you just look and go bin 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 you know now it, it saves people like me right well i'm yeah I, i'm gonna oh gosh i'm sort of taking it from the other side when i look through my viewfinder i see lightroom right i uh, i right. know exactly what i'm gonna do and i you know i shoot for it which is great and i mean the good thing for me is i can actually shoot a lot less and i'm a heavy shooter um you know, just like I've got an idea, I'm going to do it, make it work, done. So it's it's been a real pleasure. Are you still getting much time to shoot? Uh, obviously different now, but when you moved over to Adobe, how much of what you were already doing w was changed by that? Obviously you moved because you were in New York. Yeah. So you're now in a completely different place. Just from your personal shooting perspective, I mean, has, has it improved or are you doing less but it's better? Um, I, I literally, before I fall asleep at night, I think, what am I going to photograph tomorrow? 
every okay. single day. And I started that habit when I was the chair of the Master of Digital Photography program at the School of Visual Arts because the students would be like, oh, I'm so busy. I don't have any time. And I'm like, all right, if I can do it every day, you can do it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's literally, you know, I've got to like, okay, I don't have anything to post tomorrow. I've got to shoot it. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it every single day. And it's good. I mean, it's a push. You know, and, and everybody now, because of COVID, is working within limitations. And it's, yeah. there's some exciting work being done. I mean, like Nick French is doing this great series of like FaceTime portraits. You know, a lot of people are doing the Zoom, Zoomify portraits. Um, there's more collaboration going on. Like, for example, I'm having a, a COVID creative conversation with a, a Sony Alpha female that we post every Wednesday and Saturday. Um, you know, but it's sort of, photography sort of my time. I, I realized the other day I was shooting that when I shoot, I don't breathe. I am so focused. <laughs> Good thing I don't do movies or else I would just keel over. She hasn't breathed in 30 <laughs> minutes. Um, but it, I'm so focused and it's sort of like I get that, that sound rush in my ears that I'm just like, this is what I'm doing. I mean, I see the world more clearly through a viewfinder. I say that all the time. That and, makes and sense. that's what I love like about it. Yeah, is your brain the, the your brain already knows what it's looking for, and then the camera is just the the bit that you're going to use to capture it. And that's the bit I struggle with. As soon as I put the camera, I can see I, times I've been driving out, and I've you know, and we've got countryside near us, and I see a beautiful shot, and I just know the minute I put that black metal thing between my face and that, it's not going to look like that anymore. So I I I wish I'd. I wish I'd got more involved in photography because of the people I mix with, because, you know, all my best friends are photographers. But I actually enjoy... It's like, you know, I'm not a musician, but I love music. I like watching other people's creative process. I like seeing what they create. Um, there was a young lady at um, Adobe Max last year who I we tried to interview, and unfortunately we didn't meet up with her, and her name is Elise Swopes. And she own she's young thing she's coming through she only shoots on mobile she only edits on mobile she composites in mobile everything in mobile mm -hmm. or mobile um that's something you've been heavily into because i remember seeing you at adobe max and i, I, I was a ta in one of your pre-cons is mobile photography is something that you've really taken a hold of aside from you know being uh work you know working with the sony camera as well yep. what what do you what message would you give to people about that because i know there's some resistance um i know even in the design world people are very much yeah illustrator for ipad but i'm never gonna i'm never gonna do all my work there i'm gonna do it on the desktop what's your experience with the mobile side what have you found that you've you've been able to learn from that from working with that well there's a number of like key advantages all right and one thing about mobile is it's literally, there's no technology there. I mean, it's a rectangle and a lens. And, you know, oh, yes, there's apps where you could change your aperture and your shutter and all that. But, like, I use a, an iPhone. The image processing on the iPhone is amazing. So it's like, don't get in the way. I might shoot through the <laughs> Lightroom app. But the, the less complicated technology is, the more you can concentrate on the composition. And yeah, it just it just simplifies it really, really well. Obviously, there's the convenience. And, you know, 
so many times you would leave a home, your home without a camera, you won't go back. But you never leave your home without a phone. And so I think that the, the, the non-intimidation factor of a mobile camera is just amazing. And it's really and if, opened it up to anyone and everyone. Yeah. And if you watch the Apple keynotes now over the last couple of years, I mean, I don't even know why it's called an iPhone anymore. It should be just called the iCamera. And, and it's got phone capability because the biggest selling point they push is always the photography now. Look at the camera, look at the lens, look at the features, look at the portrait, look at the lighting. It's That's the big sell for the iPhone now. It is yep. a camera. I know. I'm, I'm holding up. It's amazing that I cannot photograph, take a phone call on a Sony camera. I mean, I know <laughs> there's an antenna in it. <laughs> but the thing with mobile also is... Um, you know, a lot of decisions are taken away. You don't have to deal with, like, exposure issues, storage, you know, even the processing. It's mm. all on the phone. And then you can do it on your couch. It's very comfortable. Uh, it's yeah. liberating. <laughs> yeah. I, I found it, I found it, because I'm one of those guys who I, I think of it as my real camera, which is my, you know, Nikon DSLR and big lenses yeah. and all the stuff, the real stuff. And then I have my phone camera, which is my fake camera it's my not real camera it's like i'll wait till i get a real camera to take the shot and a couple of years ago at adobe max i was a ta in the in one of <laughs> katrina's pre-cons and i got to wander around outside and heard all the photographers who were out um, shooting scenes in downtown la and my job was just to get them back on time um, so i tended to just watch what they were doing and I was seeing some of the images come out, and it was stunning. I mean, it was like they were shooting through the Lightroom app. They were putting on presets. They were coming up, especially that uh, high-contrast black and white stuff for downtown L.A., and it looked amazing. It looked better than anything I could have, like, thought in my head and pre-visualized with, with my real cameras. And it, that was probably the day that I started taking my iPhone a little more seriously as to what it could actually do and capture mm -hmm. around me. Now, I tend to see things where I want to have a 200-millimeter lens on everything, and if I could, I'd carry around a 400 on everything, and that's not really feasible on a, on a phone. But it made me just realize that I actually have the ability to capture great images on my cell phone without having to really think about it too much. It was very yep. liberating. And exactly. editing when I don't have to sit at my desk, and I don't. that's the other part. I don't have to come home and sit down in front of my computer and load up the images and load up the software and sit here at my desk while my life goes on outside in the living room. And my dogs right. and my wife are all hanging out. I can sit there. I can edit something. I can post it. I can share it. I, I it really open up my mind to a lot of things. Do I still sit down yeah. and use my DSLR for work? <laughs> Do, of course, because I, yeah. I have yeah. jobs and they want things printed 22 feet. So I'm you know, going to do right. that. But um, creativity-wise, it's been a real eye-opener and liberating to be able to just use my cell phone. Right, um, yeah. And, and that, and then, you, I'm sorry, you, 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 hit, you hit the sharing part, exactly. And we don't take photographs to hide them under the bed, right? Or put them no. in, or print them and put them in a box and never show them to anybody. You know, we, we're, we're doing it to connect and people are now speaking through their images. I mean, that's what Snapchat did. People are having entire conversations in 10 seconds. And and that's just really exciting. People have become more visually astute, more visually literate. And we're yes. communicating with images. I mean, literally the only website you'd ever go to that doesn't have pictures is probably like the Department of Motor Vehicles. And you don't <laughs> want to go there anyway. <laughs> you know? And it's just like we... We, we just 
share better with images and we connect we with are it. we are a world yeah the the devices are making us storytellers not that doesn't necessarily mean we all tell good stories or we sh- or we share the best stuff but that was the thing that i know you know i notice is we we photograph for social mostly now so you know we're not we're not photographing to look on a 27 inch or you know 42 inch monitor we're we're looking on the back of a six inch screen and then you're trying to cat you're trying to get that quality into that screen and then tell a story through you know maybe spark or instagram or you know or one of the sharing sites i think now it's just you can't help but i i see why people get lost down the rabbit hole of somewhere like instagram if you're following a photography hashtag because it's just you're just going wow 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 yep <laughs> and the and the thumb swipe and it's just wow but you're looking at that image for what split second onto the next one onto yep. the next one so we we put in all this time and effort now for an image that gets seen very very briefly because we because we can see so many so it goes on that balance of the print thing when you used to print it out like you've got a picture behind you on your wall framed for a reason it's a nice photograph you'll stop you look at that people are coming your house they'll stop and look at it but photography on social now it's fast moving you know it's just next one next one next one next one yeah but it's also that it's also Is around that, the world. I mean, I post yes. it, and like within five minutes, I have a comment from someone in Moscow. I'm just mm. like, that's just amazing. How did it yeah. get there that quickly? <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that with with photography and with um, just with the whole social media thing. The fact that you can be having a conversation with somebody the other side of the world and sharing your surroundings and sharing your experience, and you know, in the middle of wherever suddenly taking a photograph getting it up on social media and everyone can see it in a split second and photo you know photojournalism changed massively because we can now report on everything constantly but i i mean i love it i love the fact that there's no excuse now if you if you can't enjoy your craft with the tools that you've got i think you need to be doing another job um i I've been watching your social media feeds for years, Katrina, because we've been friends on social media and just in person. And um, what I've been loving recently are the shadows. I'm assuming it's in the kitchen. Oh, my my vegetables. and Oh, yeah, the shadows and the time lapses. Yep. Yeah. And it's so I was curious, like, did you just see that one day? Did it just like pop in your head? Or is that one of those things where you looked at the background and you went, I wonder what would happen if... I did this because I'm one of those people that I, if I see something, then I am fixated on it and I'll try to figure it out. But if I have to kind of figure it out beforehand, then I, I don't, um, no, it, you know, it, it is a classic photographic response. The light was good. <laughs> I mean, the light came in and hit the tile in the counter. I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. Quick, put something in that light. And I was literally, I mean, that's where the thing with the carrot started. I was making right. dinner and I had this goofy carrot and I peeled it, <laughs> chopped it and set it up. Three frames later, the carrot is done. And the good thing about photography was the way I photographed it, people thought it was a Richard Serra sculpture. You know, the big giant metal stuff because all the it scale looks like an was taken antler. out of it. Yeah, all the scale Isn't has it? been taken out of it. 
And so for about, I would think maybe like three weeks, I had that light in that corner of the kitchen. And so next year at that time, I'll have to do something new. But, you know, now the, the trees have leaves and obviously the planet has shifted. So that light is now hitting a very uninteresting stairwell. Um, but that's sort of the, that's the beauty of, and you know that as a photographer, there's no, I'll come back tomorrow. I'll do it later. It's like, mm. nope, you stop the car, you make the U-turn, you get out the gear, because there, there is no tomorrow. Well, there's tomorrow, oh my God. Mm, right. But the, not, the light not with light. Different. Exactly. Yeah. The light will be different. And it's, boy, it goes quickly. I mean, I've been doing time lapses lately just because they make me feel so productive. I was shooting for over an hour. <laughs> um, but it's just so beautiful to just, and you don't really see the changes in the quality and the color unless you like really compress it. So, yeah. yep, life in Katrine's kitchen. Next year, we'll but see what it, we do. That's that's the thing. It's a project. It's a home project. You've, mm-hmm. you've tried to do something. You you run with it as a theme. Try different things, and that's the that's what I've been seeing is you know people trying. You know, Glim, for instance, has been out going shooting veterans. Yep. He can't now, so he's at home building little plastic airplane kits and and doing mock-ups of of planes in the sky and just learning techniques and because he can't go out but he doesn't want to be static so he's learning different things and i think that's nice that people are using that time to be you know what is around me what can i shoot yep well and the thing is i want to add to that is i think creative people can be even more creative when they have limitations I mean, it's like the worst thing. Do whatever you want. You're like, ah, what? Oh. Right? But if you're like, that's why. Home. Yeah, that's like, that's why we creative people lo- give me a brief, give me a challenge, give me a bone to gnaw on, and I am going to gnaw that thing to death. And sort of being home now is one of those limitations where, like, you know, I, we can't. I mean, I was lucky just before this whole COVID thing. My husband and I traveled a lot December, January, February. It was Hong Kong, China, Vietnam, India. I mean, we it was we did more traveling than most people do in five years. But anyway, limitations are very good for creativity, you know, because they, they give you a definition. And I, that hasn't really hurt me. Of course, I'm incredibly lucky that I am employed I work for a company that I greatly admire with people that I admire. I mean, mm. the Lightroom team, they're like all into photography. They love this stuff. And, you know, every week there's like photo challenges and virtual photo walks and, you know, all these. And it's like, you could just stay busy doing all that. Um, you know, they're really into it, which is nice. So I think that's, that's, that's cool, though, that the people in charge of the stuff that we like using are enthusiasts rather than just uh oh you know it's my job to push that button and pull that lever is they genuinely you know like you said at 62 finally getting the job with the company you've always wanted to work for that when you speak to a lot of the people that work for adobe it's like yeah i you know i've worked here for 10 years i love it and i get to do this and i get to do that and i get to travel and i get to shoot and i get to learn it, it is exciting it, yep to work for Adobe and not be creative, I think you wouldn't last there very long. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. So, 
another thing back to like how can you be creative and this is total photo photographer geek geekdom and i did i did that this week is um and i don't know if it's available in all parts of the world but here in the u.s you know the ability to like rent a lens for like a week yes and i just did that i just rented the the weirdest 24 millimeter macro probe lens i mean it's obscene it's like 18 inches long and um I'm sticking it up all sorts of plants, but it, it's a it's a fifteen hundred dollar lens that I could rent for a hundred dollars. And it's just like photographers love that. I don't know. I'll try something new. So you know, you just try something new, and and that helps keep you fresh too. Let's go back to, to sorry. Do you want to ask a question, Alan? Well, I, I, I'm just I'm I never thought of it as limitations uh, fueling creativity, but I always said I was just lazy because I chose a photography field where they get to tell me how long I get to shoot, where I get to shoot from, they control the lighting, they control the action. I don't have control over any of that stuff at all. And I mm-hmm. love it. And I would just have thought it was because I'm lazy. Now I'm gonna look at it as no, I'm just incredibly challenged. And that's you know, right. That's gonna challenge my creativity. So I do appreciate that. Um. <laughs> well and it's also good because or else you the pictures you took like let's say last month would look like the pictures you took 10 years ago and they don't because you would just bore yourself to tears well that's that's you know that's one of the things that i i try to look at when we were in um la last year for for max and i managed to to sneak out of what i was doing and come on the last photo walk you guys did on the on the last day and i was just um I got some of my favorite images because it was like really just kind of like, okay, we're going to be down this street in this alleyway. And it was, it was literally a, a, a alleyway Dave and I'd walk past every single day, twice a day, because it was between the convention center and where we were staying. Right. But I'd never walked down it. I certainly didn't find that carpet guy cleaning and we didn't <laughs> throw some people on the back of a truck. I mean, it was like, it just was, it was so like, oh, just do this and do, yeah. and my head just about exploded, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, it was one of the more creativity, creative parts of uh, of the week for me. Actually, oh, good. that little that little thing, yeah. And it was yep. really fun to watch other photographers do it too. I get a real kick out of watching how other photographers approach a scene. And a lot of times, um, Dave's been at work with me where I'll watch someone else like shoot a concert. I'll just stand back for a second or two, try to figure out what's going on, and then go and, and make a shot. So I'm not shooting the same thing that I've shot a hundred thousand times over and over again. Um, you know, because that does get kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah, I did the photo walk in San Diego, and that was more uh, texture-based. You, I think you were getting them to go out, and I think we, it was you and Jason, and we were outside shooting models in the sunlight on the kind of uh, patio but, area of the convention yeah. center, and then we walked around town and did the textures. And it, and it was great watching those people, because that, that's the, the nice thing about being a TA. It's like Alan and I have said, we don't have to teach so we can relax. <laughs> and then we can... <laughs> then we can, Thanks a lot. Then, yeah, <laughs> then we can watch what other people are doing and see how they're, how they're learning. Like, how are they taking in what you're telling them? And it was really funny watching people just shoot textures. Like, just some would get down low. Someone would just literally stand in front. They were thinking about, okay, well, I'll shoot the texture from down here because when I go and shoot that model, I'm going to shoot the model from down there as well. And it was that thought process of joining the things together, which is obviously what the workshop was about. Yep. But I I love that side of it. It's like you say, it's the, the process of knowing what you want to shoot rather than just go and aim the camera at 100 things and hope that one good thing comes out of it. 
I, I, and on that note, I love going on photo walks. I mean, there's leading them and then just tagging along. And I think a lot of people think, oh, photographers are loners or hunters and scavengers. But I always, <laughs> I always learn. I watch, I watch the other people too. Like, whoa, I hadn't seen that, you know. Or pe most of the time, people start pointing things out. And so I, I like being with other creative people. Yeah, I, I always did the. Uh, I mean, for about five or six years, I did the Scott Kelby photo walk, mm -hmm. um, and we did Oxford and Windsor and uh, Stratford, and we we did a few places. And the one good thing I will say about HDR, okay, was <laughs> one. You get one. One. I get one good thing, <laughs> and it wasn't actually HDR. It was as a learning photographer, it made me look more at the shadows and more at the highlights. Because you're bracketing and you're going, okay, well, I want all the detail in there, but it's dark. But then I'm going to lose all the detail up there because it's light. So HDR did make me look at the scene differently, mm -hmm. but I didn't want to shoot for HDR. I just wanted to make sure where do I need to be to make sure that I can maybe... So it might be that I'm not going to get the whole shot. I'm going to go in and get that small bit there and change my settings to get that and then come over here and do that and get the light bit but it did make me look at the scene differently because i understood what's hidden and what's too bright but when i tried to do hdr oh oh it's i mean and i still do it and actually the hdr in the uh, lightroom mobile app is actually pretty amazing i mean because like on the fly it's it's combining and most you know de-ghosting I mean, I use it because the phone obviously has less dynamic range than like the the bigger cameras that we use. So it's it's it has its place. It's just sort yeah. of a too. It's always a brunt of the joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's the it's the comic sans of photography. Ah, that's a good way of putting it. Papyrus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's just imagine COVID's not here. Okay, because it has affected everybody so much. Over the past kind of two months and looking ahead for the next couple of months, what would your plans have been had none of this happened? What, where were you going to be? What were you supposed to be doing? How much has changed? Well, I had a, a number of trips, you know, business trips lined up, of course. Um, and that, pff, that all got cancelled. Um, one thing that I'm really going to miss is I'm a Sony artisan, and every year Sony has a big event called Sony Kando, where it's incredibly creative. They bring in top people, and there's workshops and entertainment, and you literally can shoot from 5 in the morning until 2 in the morning. I mean, it's just, you could go there and redo your entire portfolio, and the people that wow. come are great, and the community, and it's sort of like, that was always sort of my, uh, you know, my, my creative jolt, so I'm really going to miss that. And so, and on a different note, we were going to celebrate my husband's 70th birthday. That got canceled. So maybe we'll celebrate his 50th instead. Um, <laughs> and our 25th wedding anniversary, that got canceled. So I'm saving a lot of money on wardrobe. <laughs> No, but, but your I, air miles is depleted. Yeah. But I did really, I really, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I went to India for the first time in February. And I mean, before we left, I was like, we have got to get back here. I mean, it was, it's, yeah. it's such a, I mean, the, the history, the culture, it's a, it's an amazing place, complicated place. And 
the people are, I mean, everybody is like so nice. I mean, you want to be a street photographer, go to India. It's like, oh my goodness. I don't think anyone ever said no of like, can I take your picture? It's amazing. Whereabouts did you go? Because I know photographers tend to go, oh, I'm going to go and do the travel thing, but they don't really understand where they're going. And they think it's just going to like, oh, let's all go to Cuba and get the lady smoking the cigar and the, and the big car on the side of the road. But I think there's a lot in travel photography that if you don't really know where you're going, you're not necessarily going to get the experience you've seen on Instagram, maybe. So had you been to India before? How much research do you do for something like that? Um, I had not been, and my research was uh, you know, watching some historical films, understanding a little bit about the history of India. But, you know, it's, that's very complicated. We started in New Delhi, spent a few days in a very, very small uh, village. I mean, I think maybe a thousand people lived there. By the end of the few days, everybody knew my name. Hmm. Um, went up to, uh, you know, other areas in the northern part and also Varanasi, which is very important. But it's, you know, their life is on the street. And so... Yeah, that's that's sort of a Jaipur. It's just an amazing place. So I would love to go back. I've been to Cuba. Oh, my gosh, four or five times. And I refuse to photograph that woman with the fat cigar. <laughs> God, you know, but it's Cuba. she knows it. She's probably uh, a millionaire. <laughs> oh, yeah. One dollar. Um, but that's another country where it's just like. Until you, I feel, until you go and experience it, you have all sorts of preconceptions, you know. And mm. I mean, I am so amazed by the Cuban people. They're so resourceful. You know, everybody has like two or three jobs. And, you know, they work really, really hard and incredibly, you know, positive outlook. I mean, and it's a tough place to live. You know, I imagine yeah. now with the, the tourism cut out, um, people in Cuba are really hurting. Yeah, it's not something I'd really thought of, the the fact that those sort of places are suffering because of the lack of tourism as well. It's all going to be interesting. We're all all trying to figure out what the new normal is, and we're just not going to know. Yeah. How how about just shaking someone's hand? I met a neighbor this morning. She came up to shake my hand. I'm like, oh, no, I'll just wave at you. And she's oh, yeah, (laughs) I forgot. And I'm like, I think everybody's worried about forgetting and then getting sick. Because that's so the thing. Because we're, we're creatures of habit. You know, it's the thing that we do. We're, we're tactile. We we like that that contact. That's how we built. And we, uh, I was supposed to be working the photography show this year, which is in Birmingham. There's thirty thousand people over four days. There's equipment. Everyone's touching everything. Up to March. I mean, it was it was called off. I think like two days before it was supposed to start, and people were prepared to go because at that point they hadn't really thought of the implications whereas now the conversations we're having it's it was postponed and it's it's replanned for september but the conversation now is yeah but are you going to be able to touch and try equipment who's going to want to you know you can't keep cleaning everything all the time you know crowds people watching demos you know you can't unless you like paint squares on the floor and say stand there stand there the policing of it is so hard so even from an event point of view it does make you really think differently about how you are around people for that kind of thing and you know adobe max being a perfect example because you know anywhere from fifteen thousand upwards uh, depending on what day you're there um 
because it always goes up every day. I always joke about that. You get up there on day one, and by day three, it's it's gone up five thousand. Yep. But that is such a you know packed, intense place. It'd be interesting to see how Adobe Max happen. Obviously online, I'm really interested to see how events are going to evolve. Right. around photography and creativity and well, how people are learning online. Let, just real quick for Mac, the advantage of Macs this year, okay, it's going to be online. It's free for everybody, mm. which I think is amazing because it is a, yeah, an amazing event. It's also, it, it's not cheap, but you see a lot more. I mean, if you tried to buy a microphone at, at a photo store lately, B&H, can't get them. Can't get a ring light because everybody, everybody's now like, I'm going to make a podcast. I'm going to do interviews. I'm going to do Zoom, you know, and it's people are sort of like, okay, this is and video editing. Everybody's like, this is I'm going to learn Premiere now. I have the time. And so in a way, you can hire yourself to become, you know, get some new skills. Now, I'm not I'm saying that with no pressure. You want to lie on the couch? Go right ahead. The last thing everybody anyone needs right now is pressure. To become a better person. <laughs> you That's know? a conversation Dave and I have had uh, more than once. I've been working at home from home for years. This is not yeah. new. This is how my regular work. Now it is a little different because my wife is now also working from home. So just outside my office door, we've set up her desk in a um, what would have been an old little family room, and and she works at a community college. She's a librarian, and they're doing everything is now distance education. Everything has to be dealt with. She's working crazy hours, yeah. Um, which is actually keeping me a little bit more on the like let's stay out of the fridge or out of the backyard <laughs> or you know all those little things that used to pop up in my regular day. Yeah. Um, but uh, there was so much pressure when this started for people to oh you're going to have so much more free time. You had better learn seven new. F- functions and you better learn you know how to do this and do and i'm sitting at home going i don't have any extra hours in my day my day is still okay so i'm not shooting a concert at night but i'm still working on a book project i'm still trying to take care of the old stuff i'm still doing things and i started feeling i literally started feeling pressure like why why am i not spending two other hours a day learning something new and after a while i had to be like well, because I don't have two extra hours of the day and I still want to take that hour in the afternoon and go read my book outside in the nice sunlight while it's the weather's good. You know, the Sunday afternoon was one of the best hours I had. I took a novel. I was just sitting outside. The weather was good. It was quiet. It was beautiful. And I didn't feel like I needed to learn. On yeah. the other side of it, companies like Adobe are putting out so much cool stuff that it's really challenging not to look down and go, ooh. Wow, yep. that was kind of neat. How'd they do that? And then all the tutorials are now online. And anyone who has ever thought about going to Max and hasn't gone because of the price, this is your year because free is awesome. Yep. Exactly. And, yeah, definitely. So, and I think that's what we're looking at. This is gonna, It's going to be the rest of the year. I mean, I don't want to put any damper on your photo show in September, but don't make any plans. <laughs> if you've got an event this year, wipe it off there's what we've got one event left for work at the end of this year which is the middle of november in anaheim it's called designer con and I, I it's literally i'm just waiting for the thing to pop up and say it's cancelled i don't know why they don't do it now because but the weird thing is from the uk we are you know we are seeing the lockdown situation differently we've got no gyms open no restaurants no pubs no social gatherings apart from one mp that's getting battered at the moment for going out but 
But I'm, you know, we're seeing you're opening up gyms, you're opening up restaurants. Whoa, 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 whoa. Seeing... Are you? Uh, uh, I am not uh, uh, no, responsible. No, 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 not you. I, as as a country, we're seeing news of places in America doing that. Yeah. Um, politically, I won't go down that route because we're all in the same. We're all of the same view, and that's a whole up two other hours. But yeah, it's just really weird how people aren't grasping, grasping uh, that this is the rest of the year. Yep. Until somebody comes out and goes, this can all go away. It's not going to go away. We have, we're going to have to adapt and evolve, and we are going to come out of it fatter, fatter, smarter, or healthier, smarter. But we are going to come out of twenty twenty with either a new bunch of skills or a different approach on on lifestyle and health. It's just something we've got to we've got to do as part of our day to day. But like Alan said, it doesn't mean I don't you know, I get so many invitations to sit in on Zoom hangouts and I don't want to spend all my day sat in front of a twenty seven inch iMac chatting to people all the time. Yeah. I didn't before. I I'm not gonna do it now. <laughs> well, I I, but, I do like going to the Zoom cocktail parties. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing I think what also people are learning by being, let's say, I don't, like isolated, I think we all have to learn to just be a little gentler with people, to have more empathy. Because, I mean, mm. twice now, I only go shop, food shopping every two weeks. And, like, there's always somebody that's, like, reading every label, you know? Oh. And, and you can't go by because they get too close. And I just, in the old days, I would have just, like, said something or just blown right by the pe- person. But now it's like, you know what? This person probably only gets out once every two weeks and wants to read the calorie count of every type of cheese. <laughs> and so you just have to be a little a little gentler, you know, and have that empathy. I talked with my neighbor this morning, and he was like, I love my family, but I would love to have some new roommates. It was the, <laughs> it's the same people. I was like, oh, I, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, it's funny seeing... Um... See, like we when we were talking earlier about like Zoom being the new thing, uh, it's interesting to see how TikTok is growing as yeah. well as a platform for storytelling, and it's a very narcissistic place. I I went on it and, and I, I kind of dive in and look at it. And in the beginning, I I saw TikTok like Snapchat, you know, all these phone social apps they come and go, and people get sucked into them. But actually, a bit like, uh, do you remember Vine? Yes, which was fifteen seconds. It. There are some really creative people um, creating some really interesting stuff. Yep, and a lot of it very I'm, funny. Very funny, yeah. And then you get your mates going, "Oh, you should do it." No, no, it's not happening. It's not happening. I, I'm a, a, I consume. I don't create in that respect. I've got a face for radio, <laughs> face for braille. Someone said the other day, "I've got a voice for print." <laughs> oh man, nice. Um, before we go, uh, something we, we used to do and we hadn't done so much lately, um, which was our loves and loathes little section where we ask you what you love and loathe about the industry. But the loathe doesn't have to be a negative. It can just be what's something you really love about your job, say, at the moment, about your where you are in 2020. Um, and then something that COVID aside, do you, would you like to see a shift or a change in? So we go with love first. Okay. So what I love about my job is the responsibility. I mean, it is amazing. Like, I'll make a suggestion or we'll get together with one or two designers. We'll talk about it. Like, okay, we can do that. I'm like, 
really? <laughs> really? And it's like, <laughs> there, it's in. I'm like, what? I'm not talking about a software feature. I'm talking yeah. about something in the help menu or how we say something or an image that's used, you know, because it's very important for me what image to use. And it's like, you take responsibility. I mean, people used to introduce themselves, I own, and then they would mention like an aspect of Lightroom. And I'm like, how can you own it? What? And now it's like, oh, because I'm responsible for it and I care about it. And it shows. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, I, I, I love that. You know, you're not micromanaged. So I think that's just really, really exciting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's cool that. that you get that because, like you say, most times I think we should have this and then you've got to go up six chains of hierarchy and meetings and emails and then it gets forgotten about. And until one day somebody goes, we should have done that and someone else takes credit for it. So, so from the flip side of that, what what would you change about the industry for the better what what could we change about the industry or what what's what's something about the industry that that kind of irks you a little bit uh influencers (laughs) (laughs) i had to think about that but it's like you know these some people have like i'm not six hundred thousand followers and i look at their images and i'm like really (laughs) um now i don't i mean i'm like a nobody there but i'm just like are they real followers where did they get them you know and there's some i know influencers too that really put a lot of work into it it is a lot of work to be an influencer i mean it's it's a Mm. team effort but sometimes it just feels a little too like artificial and saccharine to me yeah it feels contrived to me because for me and it when i see those influencers it always feels like you're it's not a passion for you it's you've read a book on how to become an influencer and you've kind of read where do i need to be seen what do i need to do what met you know here's a list of things you need to do and that will earn you money and then it becomes you kind of get lost in the influencer side rather than you know i, I follow people who just are funny or good at what they do they're influencing they they are influencers because they're influencing me in a creative way or they you know they're not trying to be like it that's just the way they are yeah i think but it's when, oh, it's like the industry of influencers that's what bugs me yeah you know? i mean it is i, it's I want a to business. be one yeah. yeah it's like oh my god excuse me i shouldn't say that but we we, we know it like the the they take 50 pictures of themselves to get the right anyway i'm like anyway okay i'm done (laughs) that's a a curious subject because um technically you are an influencer at least on the sony camera side of life yeah and um the sony a sony artisan so sony artisans they've you know nikon's got them canon's got them they've all got them and the ones that have always um stood out to me isn't so much as what they're producing or where they're standing, but the passion that they seem to have for the image. Not so much, I, I love this camera more than life, it's that I, it allowed me to produce this and they're really honest and you know about it. And um, right. so when you see influence like that, it's like, yes, I'm being influenced because the work is standing to me and their passion is standing to me. And when someone's excited about something, I'm. I get excited about it, which is why I like dealing with Adobe because everyone I've ever dealt with there <laughs> is just seriously excited about 
image processing. And right. that's, you know, before I even knew who they were, now I know some of them and I'm like, they're still like Josh, you know, I'm oh, yeah. just they're so passionate about what they're doing that it's not, oh my God, you have to love Adobe. It's like, you really just are excited about this tool that I've been given that allows me to do something. Because yeah, they so, really care. Yeah. Now I, and, I'm going to, yeah. So yeah, I am a Sony artisan. And I think the big thing with um, that type of program now, it's like, I didn't ask to be an artisan. No one right. gave me the equipment. Everybody thinks that, you know. Mm. And based, I've literally shot with every manufacturer on the planet. I mean, deered off on down to Minox. There you go, if you film people. How do you like that for a reference? But... Um, you know, it was the right camera for me at the time and what I needed to do. And yeah, I, I, I still think it is. And so I think that the idea of you want to have to be sincere. And I think that's what Alan was getting at. It's just like, yeah, because, you know, you, you, the only thing we have, I mean, for people that aren't influencers, the only thing we have is our reputation. Right. And if I, if I stop this job in five years, do I want to be that person that's like that scum person? No, that's yeah. all I have. I, all I have is my word. I mean, so. That's good enough for us, Katrine. That's why everyone loves you in the oh, industry. That's oh, why everybody <laughs> speaks so highly of you, why everyone wants to be in your classes. You know, now, I, I, like I say, as a non-photographer, I've loved being around you at events. I've loved becoming friends with you. I've loved seeing you at Photoshop World and Adobe Max and, and being around your peers who also speak so highly of you. And I feel quite privileged to say, oh, I consider Katrina a friend. I, I like to say I'm a friend of hers. And when saying about the enthusiasm, you know, we've interviewed Julianne. Yep. We've interviewed Jason Levine. Howard Pinsky's going to be on. Um, Matt Haywood's been on. Mm -hmm. You know, all of them are so enthused and animated. And they're all, you know, Howard's the youngest one, but... I don't think age prevents enthusiasm at all. I think that it's lovely to see us over 30s. Um, <laughs> Times two. <laughs> 30, yeah. Uh, still enjoying it. Still getting the thrill of the chase of, of what we do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love, I love seeing how a camera sees. And I love seeing like that. Um, it, it's taken me a long time to get to that point. But... It, it's a different conversation, but we are extremely yeah. lucky in the in the times we we're living in, um, and the tools that we have. I mean, it's it's fabulous from the phone to being able to get on a huge plane and going somewhere. I mean, really, oh, I really, that's yeah. amazing. As I remember years ago, there used to be a TV show that was all around. It's called Surprise Surprise, and the big the big ending of the show would always be some like woman who's had a bit of a tough life and her sister emigrated to Australia. She hasn't seen her for 20 years. And the big reveal was the TV company had flown her sister from Australia to be in the studio. And it was a huge, wow. And you think, yeah, now I can just drive to Heathrow and I can get on a plane. Five, well, I can't at the moment, but, you know, five, £500 later and, and one day. I'm in Australia. Yep. You know, it's, uh, it's like going to, going to Walmart. It's just, just uh, it just happens now. But it was funny that back then all these things were such a huge effort. Um, I've, I've, I speak to a young designer and I said, 
when I think back to when I was 22, there wasn't technology. That, but I can't at the same time compare myself to him because mm-hmm. in 30 years' time, he'll be looking back to what he had when he was 22 and the world will be a much different place for him. I am so yeah. impressed by young people nowadays. They are so smart. Their vocabulary is amazing. And they collaborate. I mean, they work together. It's amazing. It really gives me hope. Yeah. you know That's been the, the big thing for me I've seen in the, both sides of the industry because I like getting the crossover. Collaboration now is just creates the best work you know singers are doing it and Mm -hmm. just every every medium that people are working together and creating new content we've been given the tools to be able to do that we didn't have that in the past um if i shot a show in san diego 30 years ago it was on negatives then i had to get those something had to be done with them i had to get a negative or a print i had to scan it then i had to figure out how to give it to someone else nowadays i can share the images literally from the camera to my ipad in the bar i send it off to my boss he then takes it into instagram adds whatever he needs to do. i mean and i'm an old guy doing it the kids these days their tools are letting them collaborate so much yep. faster and they're picking it up so much faster that they don't think they have to do everything alone they're connected to everyone by that cell phone in their pocket or their ipad or whatever yep you know even the cameras nowadays have wi-fi built into them and um so it's just to me that's just an amazing you know the the day that I sent my boss a picture of a show during the show without ever leaving the building was probably the best and worst day of my working life because from that day forward he expected it every single time <laughs> and I just tripled my workload yep right off the bat and at the same time it was amazing to be able to see images go up online while the performer was still on the stage there was That's no, so cool. there was no lag time. There was no like, oh, this is what you missed yesterday. It was like this is what you're missing right now. Yep. And that's yeah. kind of what they wanted to do. So it's to me, it's just a, it's a stunning world we live in, um, and I love technology for that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a geek. Long live technology. <laughs> yeah. Well, Katrine, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. Really appreciate your time. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Okay. And I hope we see you 2021. I know we can't even do a virtual hug. Oh my god! I know. I know. We'll put, we'll put our arms out, <laughs> big hands. But uh, no, thank you very much. Hope you and your husband you. stay safe and everything still going great with Adobe for the end of the year and, and Adobe Max, and I'll be kicking around for that. And then let's re, re, press the restart, and we'll enjoy twenty twenty one together. All right. I wish you and your family all the best too. Yep. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks again, Alan, for joining right. us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.